relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. This episode of the America First podcast with me, Sebastian Gorka, is brought to you by Franklin Armory. Shop freedom, quality, and innovation at franklinarmory.com. Franklin Armory, we are facilitators of freedom. Portions of the following program may contain pre-recorded material. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, she walks into mine. Impressive. Most impressive. See things you people wouldn't believe. Want to talk to God? Let's go see him again. action movie of all time yes indeed it's arnold as dutch the cigar smoking special forces leader who goes after an enemy that is a little bit different from what he's used to it's this week's making uh, movies great again did you like our intro the new credits let's ask the man who made it possible dutch are you there yeah i'm right here i'm ready to stick around <laughs> we decided before the show began, Jeff said, my producer, that uh, you will be dressing up as the hero of each movie each week. So, Well, I try to encapsulate the, at least the feeling a little bit. But you've you got know, a shirt I on. Don't have, you need to be bare-chested. I, I don't really have, like, military <laughs> fatigues. I don't have, like, you know, camo shirts. But I have denim. <laughs> You, have, you, 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 you do, you do have denim. I, I can't wait to see uh, when the, the movie's going to be The Grinch or Elf, but we're going to have some fun. All right, um, Chris, uh, it is Predator. We chose it last week. I have a whole host of notes. I sat down with my son making notes about this movie, um, but I've been dominating the discussion for far too long. So why don't you launch us off on this movie? All right, let me tell you something. When I rewatched this last night, the one thing kept going through my head, which was, why don't films today have catchphrases, have <laughs> one-liners? I mean, they had one-liners back in the 30s. Like, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Right. They had great lines, you know, great lines that were epic that people would repeat at work, you know, in the 80s. I mean, that was the quintessential, you know, stick around, get to the chopper. 
the all these beautiful lines that people would repeat. I remember at school people would repeat these lines. They, they don't do it anymore. They, I don't like. Do you know? I don't know how to do this, or like, what's what's going on, man? Well, isn't that a function of just being crap writers that we don't have real screenwriters anymore? And 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 if you are a screenwriter, you have to be woke. I think it has something to do with woke because if you have a naturalistic script in some capacity, then anything that diverts from that in an interesting way becomes cool. Right. So like nobody would actually go stick the guy to the wall and go <laughs> stick around. Nobody would do that. That's crazy. Right? You mean you you're, don't you're do that? You don't, you don't, you don't throw survive. around large knives at gorillas when you're hanging around Los Angeles and say stick around. You don't do that, Chris Colt. I'm very disappointed now, in you. I mean, every every now and again, but you don't know. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to write something naturalistic, once there is a divergence from that, that's cool. People are like, oh, that's cool. Or how, about, how about everything this? you've written? How about this? If everything you've written is 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 artificial, then nothing is is interesting because it doesn't ring true. But you've also got to have actors who can mm-hmm. carry it, right? Who, who mm-hmm. today? Mm-hmm. Think of the ca- even the people you know that are mildly you know okay, like Chris Pratt. They can't deliver yeah. an Arnie line. I mean, come on, you, you'd Chris laugh. Chris Pratt can deliver. Chris Pratt can deliver a line. I call Chris Pratt the last movie star. Because there yes, but it, but in comparison, him, in comparison to a Clint Eastwood or an Arnie, it's not it's not the same caliber. He definitely has a different kind of. They cast his father exactly right. Kurt Russell, yes. he's like the he's like the continuation of Kurt Russell. Right. But we don't have a continuation of a lot of these other stars. We have The Rock. The Rock is like a continuation of Arnold to some degree, but. A lot of the greats like Clint Eastwood, you don't have a new Clint Eastwood. You don't have a new Harrison Ford. You don't have new actors coming up that can replace the old in, in, in an equivalent way. Right. So this let's talk about the cast. Here. It's not just Arnie. This is an ensemble cast. And, and the fact that it works when you've got, you know, 48 uh, guys there who are all triple A you know, alpha types, you know, from the future governor, Jesse Ventura, to, you know, all these people, you know, Carl, Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. Oh, my gosh. It just works, doesn't it? This, this is a script. This is a delivery that it, 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 it's on the edge of corn, but it works, Chris. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Watching back, I thought <clears throat> this is pretty early in Arnold's career, uh, and he doesn't he does not deliver lines well early on. Like in these scenes right here, uh, when he's yelling at his buddy there, it, does, it doesn't come across too very natural, but it still works. You still believe that they used to know each other. They're still, you know, you, 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 you kind of get the camaraderie, even though it's a little tacky, because they're just such charismatic guys. Just the way they perform is so good. It's re- it really is amazing, like, how, a, how somebody performing, if they have on-screen presence, if they have what I call watchability. Yes. If you have watchability, you can kind of get away with anything. You can kind of get away with bad acting even. And even the, the lesser roles. So Billy, you know, the, 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 the Native American. What an incredible character. You know, what's got you spooked, Billy? And he stands there on that log and he gets out that massive machete. The voice, just that guy's voice, Chris. No, they. I wouldn't even consider that a small role. That guy is one of the – that is a great role. And you can just – like the way everybody respects him on the team. Yeah. You know that this guy is something special. 
right? He's obviously like the Native American tracker. It's kind of they're playing on some stereotypes there, but it totally works. And what a great role for that actor. And how much fun would that have been? I'll, I'll tell you this. I didn't really like this movie when I was a kid. Why? I, I'll tell you why. Because it's, it's at its core, it's a horror movie. And yes. I don't really like horror movies. Um, the same is true of Jaws. The same is true of Alien. These were films that, although I recognize their greatness even in the 80s and, and today especially, they are classics for a reason, these movies. Um, they're not my favorites of the 80s, and it's because they're horror movies, and I'm not a horror movie guy. But they did – I mean there is so much – in this movie in particular, there is so much to love. The bravado of these guys, the style with which they play their roles – one thing I didn't like, I'll tell you what, I didn't like this as a kid, and to this day I still don't really like it. What? The moment where he sort of sacrifices himself, this Native American, as a kid I didn't understand it. I get it now. He was trying to – he wanted to fight man-to-man -man yes. this monster. Uh, at, when I was a kid, I was like, why is he sacrificing himself? This, this beast is just going to kill him. Like he doesn't stand a chance against this thing. Like why is he doing this? Well, I understand know, a little bit better now as an adult, but I still am like – at least try to survive, man. <laughs> it, well, it's, it's an interesting, you know, trans... Oh, my gosh, I'm not even watching the clock. I don't know how much time I've got in. Guys, tell me how much time I've been speaking for. Okay. Um, it, it could have... So it, it moves across various different categories. You say it's a horror movie. It could have been a comedy, couldn't it? Because look at the original monster. Be, before we got this, you know, seven-foot-two uh, individual, Kevin Peter Hall, we had... Five foot seven, Jean Claude Van Damme running around in a, a, a red pair of tights. This guy, if you're not familiar with the making of this, is the original Predator monster, Jean Claude Van Damme, looking like a mutant locust who was fired from the set because he kept bitching and moaning about, you know, fainting because it was so hot. This, this could have been a comedy, Chris. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. I, it, it is incredible that the film came out as well as it did. Uh, and yeah, there are, I mean, it's not a perfect movie, but um, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> I forgot, I've seen this before, actually. I, I didn't watch it before this Scary, video. Scary, but... right? Scary, right? Oh, that's too funny. That's too funny. <laughs> that monster, let me tell you, that monster is probably the most iconic villain monster character in movie history at this point. You mean the Predator? I mean, you have, you have, yeah, you have villains like King Kong, like Alien obviously is iconic, but yeah, the let's, Predator. Let, let's, let, let's say that because I want to talk about, yeah, you're okay. so right. Let's talk, talk about how so much of this is made by the, 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 the villain that isn't a guy in a red tight suit. Uh, we're, we're making movies great again with my buddy Chris Coles. He's the host of the Mr. Reagan channel. Uh, what's the other thing you've got? What's the new thing I got to promote? It's called Alpha Critic. Alpha Critic. Okay, guys, it's, it's been out there for a month. You've got to follow it. Alpha Critic. Also, Mr. Reagan USA on Twitter. I'm Sebastian Gorker. If you enjoy this show, make sure you never, ever miss an episode. Follow us on Spotify. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gorker, America First. Write us a five-star review. Share the links with your friends. And if you're still looking for Christmas stocking stuffers, we've got an amazing deal. $15 off right now for the Tervis Tumbler. Stay frosty. The America First mug and one of our America First hats. Go to SebGorkerStore.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A sebgorkastore.com Stay with us for more Making Movies Great Again with me, Sebastian Gorka and Chris Coles.
Whether it's the regular Hellcat or whether it's the compensated RDP with that miniature red dot, I love them all. How did it take so long to invent a factory compensated subcompact 9mm? Well, guess what? Springfield did it, and I'm a huge fan, and I'm Sebastian Gorka. The Hellcat from Springfield Armory is still the smallest, highest capacity micro compact in the world. Available in standard or optics ready configurations, class leading capacity of the Hellcat gives you 11 plus 1 with the standard magazine and 13 plus 1 with the included extended mag. The definitive concealed carry pistol is here. The Hellcat from Springfield Armory gives you the capacity to defend. Welcome back to Making Movies Great Again with me, Sebastian Gorka, and Chris Coles. Dear friends, you have broken $300,000. I am so grateful to everyone who supported our Angel Tree campaign. Uh, would you just listen to two of the people who have got Christmas presents because of you? This is Quinton and Alana. Their father is in prison, but they will have a better Christmas because of you. I just like to thank Angel Tree because they helped us, they connected with our dad. Thank you, Angel Tree, for doing all that you do because you don't have to do this, but you choose to do it, and I really appreciate it. You don't have to do it, but you did it anyway. Thanks to every single one of you who've donated $25 to get a Christmas gift to one of these children who's missing a parent this Christmas. They get a letter from that incarcerated parent and a children's Bible. It's one of the most beautiful things you can do this Christmas. If you haven't donated and you want to you want to spread some cheer this Christmas, please go to my website. $125 is five children, five children who will feel a little bit more loved this Christmas. Go to sebgorka.com and click on the Angel Tree banner at the top, or you can phone in your dina- donation. It is tax deductible, 888-206-2794. That's 888 888- 206-2794. Angel Tree uh, is the banner at the top of the site, sebgorka.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, let's talk about this monster, Kevin Peter Hall, seven foot two, by the way, who moves. I mean, he moves. He's he's not like Chewbacca, like this lanky, awkward person. He is athletic. I mean, the late Kevin Peter Hall, when he's jumping from log to log, you go, dude, that is scary. When he's, you know, lit up by the explosions behind him, he sells it so well. And it's shocking. I was watching the timer through the whole thing. You don't even see him until minute 44 or something. And even then, it's the the camouflaged version. Talk to us about the monster yeah and and actually the first time you really see the monster without the uh camouflage you know the invisibility cloak or whatever is uh is the moment where he's attaching some kind of uh mechanism to to like seal up a wound yeah he's putting on a tourniquet he's putting on a tourniquet right to sort of a yeah like a sci-fi tourniquet and uh, he screams and it just cuts to him for a quick second and it's such a i mean Here's the thing about monster movies, right? You want to hide the monster for a while. Yes. Because you want to build up the suspense. What does it look like? What does it look like? That's what they did with Jaws, right? And, and Alien. And Alien. The problem with this technique is that 
99% of the time, the monster does not live up to what you've imagined in your mind. Right, because your imagination is always, always better. Always better, always better. Not here. (laughs) Here, the monster is scarier than what you imagined. You're like, holy mo, what is that? You know? (laughs) Like, uh, I forget the guy who in who Sam Winston's no, no not Stan, Sam. Stan Winston. Stan, Stan Winston Stan designed Winston. it. Do, do Winston. you know how they came up with the design? I I think I read somewhere like he was on a plane with um, Eric. 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 Eric educated me. I'm shocked. I thought I was the biggest movie nerd in this building. Eric educated uh-huh. me three days ago. Tell us the story, Eric. After the okay, Jean Claude Van Damme in red tights didn't work. How did we get Mr. Mandible? Stan Winston was sitting on a plane, flying back from the location, I believe, and doing just sketches of what the monster could look like. And he was sitting next to his buddy James Cameron, who, of course, they worked together on uh, Terminator and Aliens. And Cameron looks over and sees, oh, what's that? So Winston's like, oh, it's, it's for a picture I'm doing. He explains the plot, explains the monster. And Cameron just kind of makes an offhand comment. He mentions, I've always wanted to see a creature with mandibles. And that, of course, yeah. ended up in the final design. Bingo. Mandibles, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, I remember as a kid, I first saw this movie, I was eight years old. Uh, this came out on VHS in 1988. I had a rich friend down the street who had a VCR. <laughs> was, it, was, it, was it top-loading or expensive front-loading? It was top-loading. Top-loading! Off-loading. <laughs> anyway, so I'd go down to the corner, and I, I, and I went to this kid's house to play with his, like, you know, fancy, because everything in my house was from the 70s. <laughs> but this guy had stuff actually from the 80s, right? So I'm down there, and he's like, I have this movie, Predator. And I hadn't even heard of it because I was a child. You know, this is a movie for adults. Right. So he's like, let's check this out. Puts it in. I am blown away by this movie. I didn't even really like army movies at the time. There was a kind of a trend for army movies after Rocky II. Yeah. Which, by the way, this is a perfect mix of Rocky II and Alien. That's yes. exactly what this movie is. Yes. Rocky II meets Alien. Well, apparently the joke is somebody joked about Rocky that in the, in the next Rocky movie, he's beaten everybody on Earth. He has to beat an alien. And that's why the scriptwriter wrote this story that was originally that's, called. I heard that. I Ram- heard, did I say Rocky? I meant Rambo. It's the Rambo, Rambo. 2 and Alien. Yeah, but and, yeah, and, the, and the original script, script was called Hunter, and then they changed it into Predator. The original script was inspired by Rocky somehow, but yeah, I think during the rewrite process, they somehow got Rambo, because this is definitely Rambo, yeah. too. It's like almost a shot-for-shot remake, <laughs> but with a monster instead of uh, Russians. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, it's... Uh, how, do you, I, the, how do you remember your buddy's house... And the VHS, and that he had it. I mean, that's this movie because, must have had because a real I wasn't impression old on enough you. to watch this movie. So this was like very special for me. Like it was right. a very special moment as a kid to see Predator, like this crazy movie. And I remember the monster most. I, I'm shocked I didn't have like nightmares about like stripped bo- bodies stripped of their skin hanging upside down in trees. That didn't bother me so much. What freaked me out was the monster man with those mandibles. It was like. Because it looks real. I mean, this is, sometimes this is the when point. he's jumping, he doesn't look that real, but his skin and everything looks fantastic. This is the point. It's a freaky yeah. thing you've never seen before, and it doesn't look like special effects. It, when, no. when he roars, first he opens the mandibles, and then he opens his jaw and he roars, and it looks like a living, breathing thing, Chris. I watched it last night, and I said, Stan Winston, you're a bloody genius. These are practical effects. This is not computer. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how they did it. It is, it is uh, amazing. It's really amazing. And, and what really sells it is, is Schwarzenegger's eyes. You yes. know, he's doing this, and he hears it behind him, and you just see, 
You know, he's like looking to the side. It's great. The performance is there great. There you go. There you go. You can, that, that roar totally sold. Uh, if you want to know how they did it just four days ago, he has balls. I tell you, he's got balls the size of, you know, the Titanic. We had somebody from L.A., from the film industry, who worked for Stan Winston, Alec Gillis, who worked on mm-hmm. the AVP movies, the Alien Predator movies. He built the Alien Queen. He came on my show because he's not afraid. He is doing this stuff right now. So if you missed it, go back to our Rumble, go back to our podcast, go back to Spotify, watch the interview with Alec Gillis on how they're still doing this stuff today. Um, One thing I have to note here, uh, uh, sorry, Arnie, at the beginning, he gets out of the chopper. Before he gets out of the chopper, what does he do, Chris? Uh, He's smoking the cigar. He's lighting the cigar. He lights it with what? It turns a lighter? Up, it turns up, yeah, it turns up in the movie later after they're burying Jesse Ventura. He's lighting it with a Special Forces Zippo lighter. Okay. Arnold, you never use a petroleum <laughs> Zippo lighter with a cigar unless you want to destroy the cigar. What kind of a heathen are you? Matches you or a butane lighter. Some... What a bloody Austrian heathen. We are making movies great again with my buddy Chris Coles, Alpha Critic, also the Mr. Reagan channel. Follow him on Twitter as well, MrReagan.USA. We, too, are on all social media bar. YouTube, follow us on Truth Social, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Clout Hub, on Getter, on Parler, on SalemNewsChannel.com if you want to watch the video. Come on, guys. And most recently, SebastianGorka.substack.com. That's my name for unique content, SebastianGorka.substack.com. My pillow is excited to announce the original. My slippers are back in stock. Last Christmas, you made our slippers the number one selling my pillow product, and now they have added smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new colors. What makes my slippers different is the exclusive four-layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My slippers' patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help relieve the stress on your feet. Wear them anytime, anywhere, and save ninety dollars off with your promo code Gorka. That's only $49.98 a pair. You're absolutely going to love my slippers and now they are also extending their 60-day money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2023, making them the best Christmas gifts ever. Go now to MyPillow.com, promo code Gorka, or call 800-829-8468. That is code G-O-R-K-A to save $90, only pay $49.98. Quantities won't last. Order now, MyPillow.com. We're back with Chris Coles, a.k.a. Mr. Reagan, making movies great again. What are the things that we should mention that that kind of get missed when we're talking about this movie? I think one, one of the things that we have to doff our caps to is just the performance, especially after Jesse Ventura's character dies, of Bill Duke. I mean, I mean, that's like amazing performance, isn't it? You know what? That character is such a beautiful character. He really presents emotion in a film where you don't really need emotion. You could have just done it with masculine aggression for the rest of the movie yes. and everybody would have been happy. But this guy's performance gives some something of a greater substance than what you would have gotten otherwise. 
and it's nuanced and it's i mean the man is an actor the man's a real actor and it really does add something to the film and when he dies i i felt it you know what i mean like he's the guy you really don't want to die because he cares he cares he he says i'm sorry about you know your buddy he was a good warrior or whatever he's a good soldier he turns to him and he goes he was my friend and you go like dang man Boom. <laughs> That's Boom. real. It, bring, it brings real. a depth to the movie that motion action mm-hmm. movies just simply don't have. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, every aspect of this film is excellent. The music is powerful. Oh, the music Silvestri's is great. music. Silvestri's yeah. music, that, that jungle drum beat. I mean, it is, it's almost like the, the, the Jaws music, that iconic kind of threat theme and then and then it's mixed in with the the rock music of the helicopters going into the lz it's just we don't see this anymore chris yeah it's it's strange i'm watching it it, it's kind of like when i was watching die hard i kind of got the same feeling like why are there so many great aspects of filmmaking i mean they're the guy's a real filmmaker and uh and it's We've lost so much of that, it, and I think it does have to do with wokeness and trying to in, interject, like, politics into the project. Like, instead of thinking, okay, how do we make this epic? What are the moments that we have to put into this film to get the audience to feel something? Instead of that, they're going, okay, can we put in a lesbian couple here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this, the, the, the hostage would have been a lesbian woman, and there would have been, you know— a female seal on the team that has to kiss her before the end of the movie. I'm a little bit disappointed with her. Uh, I didn't think she brought, uh, except that moment where she's petrified in the middle of the jungle. What did you think of the Squeezes performance? I will say this. She is the one that actually <clears throat> clarifies that, they're, that he's taking trophies. Yes. And, and so that little bit of information is, is pretty critical, I think, to the plot. So it's nice to get the perspective of somebody who is from the region who can say that this has been going on in this part of the world for a long time. Right. And, and this monster has been taking these, uh, killing people, and th- he's taking trophies. Right. I think that that's a critical part of the film. It's easy to miss, though. But, uh, but it does add something. And you do want a woman to protect. I think they brought her in because of, uh, of Rambo, too. You had this love interest character, yes. Rambo. Yes, I think she's supposed to parallel that character. And did you, in your research, uh, I never knew this until two days ago, do you know who does the voice for the Predator? No, I don't know who the the voice. It's the voice actor, Peter Cullen, who did Optimus Prime for all those decades. Oh, he just died recently, actually. Yeah, I know. R.I.P. Yeah. What a good, wow, that's amazing. And actually, the noises and stuff are fantastic. I think the one mistake they made was the laugh at the end. Because everything else of that monster did the clicks and the weird noises. They didn't sound human. And they just got this very, very human laugh at the very end of the movie, just before the nuclear explosion. But it's it's him replicating Billy's laughter. You're right. I didn't even catch that until now. Because there was a point when he repeats the laughter... It's from the joke, right? It's from the uh, yes. The it's from the, it's from the only joke that Billy actually laughs and responds to properly. And when That's he laughs right. that guttural laugh, the predator records it and plays it back after he set the nuclear bomb. That's brilliant. I had never caught that until this moment. 
That is that is and, such and a brilliant correct, observation. Just to correct, I don't think he's passed. He's been in the news recently. Did he pass away? I thought so. I think he announced his retirement. Oh, uh, was that yeah, what Eric? Happened? Can you check that? I think Peter Cullen is still around. We don't. We, we don't want to. Yeah, he's still alive. Oh, he I don't want to say something that's wrong. Yeah, he he announced. Oh no no no! It was the voice. Sorry, it was the voice actor for Batman that died. Batman. Batman passed. Peter McCullen announced that they're going to have to replace him. He won't be doing the you know the iconic. So, uh, the, sorry, I didn't want to kill that guy early. <laughs> Optimus Prime. <laughs> All right, what else Optimus. do we have to note here when it comes to performances? I think, I think Arnie is actually quite charismatic at times. He, he made the delivery at the beginning maybe a little bit stilted and difficult, but later on, especially when he's betrayed by his best buddy, by Dylan, there's a side of Arnie yeah. you don't usually see. After that initial meeting at the beginning, uh, when he fir- first sees Carl Weathers and they, and they have a little chit-chat, He's great after that. Yeah. From that point on, he becomes a good actor. And my buddy Kurt and I was talk- were talking about this before I saw this. I always talk to him about these movies before we do the show. <laughs> and he always gives me tidbits. And he was saying that, um, according to him, Arnold really respected Carl Weathers' acting. And he would study him and he would ask him questions. And he really learned how to act on this film. And you can see it. You can see the, 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 the difference between the beginning and the end of the film, how good Arnold is by the end. I'm Sebastian yeah. Gorka getting too much information from my buddy Chris Coles, alpha <laughs> critic, Mr. Reagan USA, Mr. Reagan uh, on uh, YouTube, uh, coming to you from the ReliefFactor.com studios. Relief Factor, if you're in daily pain, if you've tried everything else and failed to find relief, do yourself a favor. Do what I did more than three and a half years ago. I took Relief Factor and it worked for me. It attacked the source of the pain, which is the influence. If you've tried everything else and failed, you need to find out if it could work for you like it works for you. You've got nothing to lose. Order the three-week quick starter pack for the portrait sum of $19.95 at relieffactor.com or call them directly on 800-500-8384. That's 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Do it today. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election Storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. You're listening to Making Movies Great Again with me, Sebastian Gorka, and Chris Coles. 
the super gunniness of this uh, movie, the fact that you've got a Dylan Precision electric gun off a helicopter, off a warthog being carried, uh, and Bill Duke says, I fired a full 200-round pack. You mean the gun that fires 6,000 rounds per minute? Yeah, it was a little bit more than 2,000 rounds you loosed off into the jungle. Then the iconic M16, M203. By the way, if you look closely at this footage, at the end of the barrel, especially for Billy and for Duke, uh, for a Dutch, you'll see a little tiny barrel inside the barrel of the M16. Why? Because they're not firing blanks. It's actually a propane-fired machine gun. There's a flame coming out of it. It's, it's, it was basically made popular with this movie, and it's the easiest way to fake full-auto fire. I'm just wonking out here. And then, of course, the MP5, the double MP5 for Carl Weathers, the submachine gun made famous in uh, Die Hard. And then lastly, because for those of you who are not aware, I am a watch maniac as well. I collect watches. I'm wearing to celebrate my Arnie, my Seiko Arnie today from this movie. Let's put those images up there. He made this watch famous in Commando and Predator. This is the new reissue. It's the Seiko Arnie. You can get it right now if you want to stay uh, stay connected to the 1980s. And here's an image of it from him wearing it in the movie. All right. I've got my wonkiness out here, Chris. Carry on. Well, hold on. Let me add to that because I don't know if you're aware of this. This is a gun fact that uh, very few people know. There's six bullets per round. (laughs) Uh, Yes. I learned that from Joe Biden. There's there's 10 magazines in the cartridge. Is that that how it works? (laughs) Okay, well, that's great. And and the 9 millimeter will blow your lungs out. Did you know that? (laughs) I I don't even – I never even heard that one. That's amazing. This scene, can we just for a moment just salute the stuntmen of this scene? I mean, the guys on moment. fire being launched off trampolines. I mean, <laughs> this this was quite quite a show, right? Yeah, this is. I mean, this is pretty standard eighties. Yeah. Okay, let's have as many explosions <laughs> as we could possibly have. I think the reason why it's so great in this picture is because it's. It. I mean, of all the of all the movies that are like this, this is the best one. Yes. And so I think we forget that every movie in the 80s that was an action film had a scene like this. Right. But this and I think um, Rambo 2 were the best for these moments. Agreed. Uh, uh, possibly just because the movies are the best of these kinds of movies, I think. Agreed. Agreed. So we, we salute the stuntmen. All right. Um, best lines. Before, before we get to the last 29 minutes, which is the mano a mano, we'll talk about that mm-hmm. uh, in a moment. Talk to us about your favorite scene or your favorite line. I have to say, my fa- there's two lines. They come one pretty close to each other. And it's, uh, you are one ugly mother. Oh, yes. Classic. <laughs> Probably the most famous line of the movie. You is one ugly mother. Delivered quite well because the expression on his face, I mean, he does look shocked. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 it's, and I remembered even from a kid, even at, when I was eight years old, I remember that line thinking <laughs> that's a cool line. And then at, later, you know, at the, at the very end, he looks at him and he just go, he's about to kill him. But he realizes the guy's, you know, this monster is going to die. Like, I, I, don't have to, I don't have to finish him off. And he just looks at him and he's kind of like the, in, in, almost in a reflection as, as the, um, the predator was looking at him earlier and examining his face. When he had put it, pushed him up against the, yes. the rock there, and he's looking at this monster, examining him, and he just goes, uh, "What the hell are you?" <laughs> you know. Yes. And then the monster re- repeats this, and I love those two lines. All right, I, I'm surprised you didn't bring up the other line. 
which is almost as iconic. Well, we've Go got on. two, actually. Mm-hmm. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Oh. That's a classic. That's classic. a classic. And then the other one. I ain't got time to bleed. That's right. Come on, Jesse's line. Jesse, I Jesse ain't got time to bleed. And then he then throws the, this thing up there and he goes, do you got time to duck? You got time to <laughs> it's duck. Sick. It's so good. So good. All right. Let's uh, switch gears. Let's talk about the last 29 minutes, which is, you know what this movie reminds me of, Chris? One of my favorite hmm. black and white movies of all time. Um, are you um, familiar with The Deadliest Game? I, I know the story of the most dangerous Sorry, game. sorry, the most, da- the most dangerous game. I don't think I've seen the film of it, but I've read the short story. Chris, you need to watch it this weekend. It's about Okay, se- I will watch it. It's 70 it. minutes long, and it has been remade with Rutger Hauer, with Ice-T. I mean, this, this basic black-and-white film about a hunter who hunts human beings on his island, on his private island, is, is, is just a seminal, seminal black-and-white Hollywood movie. And this, I get, sh- you know, reflections of that movie here because it's the same idea. It's one very, very good hunter going after human prey. So it's like you said, I think, in our last episode, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I actually thought the same thing when I was watching this. I thought, this is like the most dangerous game. Uh, but instead of humans hunting humans, it's this. And I've always wanted to make a most dangerous game type show or movie in the modern era where you got a bunch of like lefty Generation Z millennial types that are, you know, they don't know what they're doing out in the wilderness. And you got one Republican that's basically protecting them. <laughs> I just thought that would be a cool. You got to write that. You have got That's to good, write right? that. I like That's that. I like that a lot. All right, the last twenty-nine minutes. Uh, it's it's him and the predator. This this is kind of the the boy scout comes out in all of us, right? That I don't have any weapons. I've got my my trusty Swiss Army knife, and I'm going to build a selection of man-made weapons, and I'm going to take this monster down. The the fact that he that he figures out, ah, if I'm covered in mud. He can't see me. Now, I don't think that infrared actually would be, or no. not infrared, but a heat vision would actually work this way no. where a thin layer of mud would stop you from being well, able to. it's a good device. But, it's a good device. But you believe it as a, as when, I, when you're in the 80s because we didn't really know how heat vision might work. Right. So we to, I totally bought it as a kid. And that, that trick works. So he's invisible to the alien as the alien is invisible to him. And you got two moments where Arnie's sitting there. And like I said, it's all in the eyes. Arnie's yeah. there. The monster comes up behind him. He hears it, and he just moves his eyes slowly over. And it works so well. And all of this stuff is just, is just epic. The fact that he actually has to fist fight the monster <laughs> at the end. Oh, man. When, you're, when, you're, when you first see this movie, when you're young in the 80s, and you don't have all the stuff you have today. This was so epic that you, because the whole movie you just saw, this alien is unstoppable. There's nothing can stop him. And then Arnie goes up to him, fist, like just with bare fists. And there's that madness. one shot when it starts to get dark and they're still fighting, where you actually see a hero get really badly beaten. There's that one, the, the alien punches him and you see Arnie's head 
kind of do a, a, a ricochet and this massive spurt of blood come out of his mouth. We're not used. I mean, you know, the 80s hero was invulnerable until you get Bruce Willis and then this. You think, oh, my gosh, is he going to take Arnie down? Easy? You'll find out in a moment. We're talking movies, making movies great again with Chris Coles, Mr. Reagan, the alpha critic. Follow him on YouTube, his various channels on Twitter at Mr. Reagan USA. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First coming to you from the relieffactor.com studios. If you're in pain every single day, if you've tried everything else, do what I did. Order the three-week quick starter pack for relieffactor.com. Take it morning and evening like I do. And I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee, by the end of the three-week trial period, you will know whether it works for you like it works for me and half a million of your fellow Americans. You've waited long enough. You deserve to know. What have you got to lose except the pain? Call today, 800-583-84, relieffactor.com. That number again, 800-583-84, relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. We're back with Chris Coles, a.k.a. Mr. Reagan, making movies great again. So I went to the set of Alien vs. Predator. I met Lance Hendrickson, you know, Alec Gillis, the, the Stan Winston's uh, you know, um, colleague. So I like AVP. People trash it, but Alien vs. Uh, Predator, it's fun. What about Predator 2? What about the other? What about the remake of Predator? Where do you stand? Do we, do we ignore them? You, know, you said there's only three Raiders movies. What is your take on Predator? I will say I I vaguely remember watching Predator 2 when it was on TV once when I was a kid, but I never watched the full movie, and I've never seen any of the others. I just didn't have wow. an interest in seeing – I haven't even seen Prey, which I've heard is actually quite good. Um, sorry, as you were talking, I was – looking into ordering that Seiko watch. I'm not kidding. I actually was looking. Good. It is so I'm, I'm cool, like, I'm going to buy that. I'm going to buy it. It's so cool. Uh, they've got I the original. I might get one for my dad for Christmas, too. They've got the original, <laughs> which is the black on black. You can get the gold bezel, or you can get the green version if you want to get extra military. So Seiko, mm-hmm. if you're looking for a new place to advertise, just reach out to me and Chris. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's not the most expensive watch no. ever. It's, it seems affordable. No. All right, yeah, yeah. so no, um, look, look, I will say one thing. I, I, go, go ahead, go ahead. I, I, was, I was just going to say, like, the, the problem with the remakes and the sequels and all this kind of stuff of a lot of these projects is that as time goes by, you often will lose the flavor of the original. Yeah. And you just can't re- – there's a few films that, that, that keep the flavor somehow, like the Indiana Jones films, the Back to the Future films. Uh, even Superman 2, I think, kept the flavor yes. really well of the first film. But – Star Wars, obviously, Star Wars Return of the Jedi. But I think that, that Predator became very 90s in the 90s. And it became very 2000s in the 2000s. Yes, it became and a you function. you need to, be able to recapture that original feeling. It became a function of its environment. If, if you look at this mm-hmm. one, for example, everything that came after in the Predator series, you broke the cardinal rule of horror stories. You, you saw the monster yeah. from the beginning. Everything was revealed in good light. Your imagination was gone. And then you're saying, oh, yeah, this is a special effect or that looks plasticky. So you, you, you broke rule number one. And then Predator 2, the sequel, 
with an interesting casting to have uh, Danny Glover as the hero. It plays in a kind of quasi-future, like 10 years from now, and it's grim. I mean, it is dark. It is even more violent than the original Predators. So it's a, you, you need, you know, a, a tough stomach to watch it. All right, guys, um, go and order your Seiko watch right now. Uh, watch The Most Dangerous Game. Uh, watch Predator if you haven't seen it in a while. And then lastly, what are we going to watch next, Chris? Back to the Future. It's a real favorite, and I would actually say we should watch all three, although that's a a major time commitment, so maybe we should just do the first one. But honestly, that film is a great movie, and I'm curious to hear a counterpoint argument because I've never met anybody who doesn't like Back to the Future. Challenge accepted. That's why we're here to make movies great again, and I will help Chris to improve on that movie. Uh, (laughs) Sebastian (laughs) Gorka. great. I love that. You've been listening to Making Movies Great Again with our brand new intro. Wasn't that good? He's the alpha critic. He's Mr. Reagan. I'm Sebastian Gorka. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I wish you a very Merry Christmas. Keep your head on the swivel. Watch your six. Hold the line. Never give up. Never give in. Get you to chopper and stay frosty. continent, a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. The world will little note or long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. What your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I can hear you, the rest of the world hears you, and the people... And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. And we will make America great again. Is America First with Sebastian Gorka. You talk about the border wall, you talk about open borders. I don't think I've ever heard President Biden say, We have an open border, come on over. But people I have heard say it are you, our former President Trump, or Ron DeSantis. That message reverberates in Mexico and beyond. So they do get the message that it is an open border and smugglers use all those kinds of statements. Oh, thank you, Martha. Um, What would I do without Martha Raddatz and ABC to explain? It's not Biden that opened the border. It's not Alejandro Mayorkas. It's not the border czarina Kamala Harris. It's us. I mean, it's Greg Abbott. It's President Trump. I mean, the guy who won the election based upon the concept of building the wall and then actually started building it. It's us. It's, we're the reason that you let two million people 
into the nation illegally and gave, gave them cell phones and asked them where they want to go. It's because of talk show hosts, because of Tucker Carlson, because, of course, we want there to be no borders, right? That's what conservatives want. We don't want sovereignty. Welcome, dear friends. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First, and that is gaslighting. Let's talk about the border. Here's a little bit of uh, TMI. What does Dan Bongino call them? The TMI moments. I wasn't going to share this with you because, hey, it's about me. It's about my problems. And what do you care? But it kind of goes to this gaslighting. I've been in a peculiar position since I left the White House. A few months after I left the White House, I had to go on an international trip. And since I served in the Defense Department for five and a half years as a professor of irregular warfare, actually associate dean at the National Defense University at Fort McNair, then uh, with a top secret SCI clearance at the White House, you know, things are a little bit easier in life. For example, when I buy a gun in the state of Virginia, and the state has to do that background check and set it to the NIC system, I don't have to wait a couple of hours to get approved. My name, which is a pretty unusual one, not a lot of Sebastian Gorkas in the database, instantly gets recognized and the state says, yes, you may buy that handgun, Sebastian. But strangely, when it comes to entering America through one of our ports of entry, and the feds get involved, something strange has been going on for the last five years. Let me share with you. Every time I come back in the country, I show my passport. And the officer at customs, when I land at wherever it is, JFK, or last, uh, what was it, two weeks ago, it was in Newark, when I arrived back from Israel... I actually told the the, the nice um, black officer, I said, dude, get ready for a secondary because I always get put in secondary. And he said, oh, let's check today. Maybe you'll be fine. Sure enough, Sebastian Gorka, that incredibly common name, many, many terrorists and foreign spies running around the world with the name Sebastian Gorka, I was put in secondary which means my wife and I have to leave the line and go into a separate secure facility and wait until another officer from the Department of Homeland Security calls me to the front and punches my details, my date of birth, my social security number through the system. And the funny thing is, nine out of ten times, they recognize me and they say, Hi, Dr. G, why are you here? And I say, I don't know why I'm here. It's really stupid. Could you, like, fix it so I don't have to waste an extra half an hour, an hour every time I come back into the nation that I chose to become a citizen of, that I served in government, taking the oath of office more than once, of which I still have a top-secret SCI clearance, which is weird. If I were a terrorist, if I were a foreign spy, why would I still have that clearance? And, of course, the officer laughed again and said... Sorry, here you go on your way. And my wife, she's a logical woman who has far better control over her emotions than I do, said, why don't you fix this? Well, she was former press spokesman, press secretary for the Customs and Border Protection Agency in the Trump administration. So I said, okay. And I requested a little form, a little piece of paper from the CBP officer 
which is called the Official Redress Document. If you're getting abused and delayed, you can request for them to look into your case and to clean it up. A naive little person that I am, all six foot three of me, filled out a redress form three weeks ago after I got back from Israel. And today I received the response from the Department of Homeland Security, signed by Tanya Vasquez, Director, DHS Traveler Redress Inquiry Program. Let me read it to you because it's rather funny. Dear Sebastian Gorka, redress control number 4019140. Thank you for submitting your traveler inquiry form and identity documentation to the Department of Homeland Security Traveler Redress Inquiry Program. DHS's mission is to lead the unified national effort to secure the country, including U.S. border and transportation security. Thank you. I didn't know that. I thought you just handed out cookies. We take requests for redress seriously, and we understand the inconvenience that additional inspections may cause. Do you really? Have you ever been put in secondary every stinking time you come home to the land you chose to be a citizen of? DHS strives to process travelers in the most efficient and professional manner possible. When DHS trip receives a redress inquiry, we conduct a thorough review of the matter. We consult and share information with other agencies. Bravo, bravo. When appropriate, to relieve you from the burden of seeking redress on an agency-by-agency basis. We have found that only 2% of the DHS trip complaints actually have some connection with the terrorist watch list. Oh, so what? You, you have a, a failure rate of 98%? Well, that makes me feel much better. DHS trip. Here's the response. Here's the boilerplate DC swamp response. DHS TRIP has researched and completed our review of your case. DHS trip can neither confirm nor deny any information about you which may be within federal watch lists or reveal any law enforcement sensitive information. However, we have made any corrections to records that our inquiries determined were necessary, including as appropriate notations that may assist in avoiding incidents of misidentification. Yes, because of my incredibly common name, Sebastian Gorka. So basically, they did nothing. Well, we'll see what happens the next time I travel abroad. Now, why do I, what the heck do you care about this? One reason, one reason alone. I'm an American citizen. I swore in a naturalization ceremony to uphold the Constitution of the United States. I did it two more times as a DOD civilian and then as assistant to the president. I'm the one who goes through secondary twice every single time I come back to America. But in the meantime, two million illegals who aren't citizens that we know of have crossed this border in the last 12 months. Makes you think, doesn't it? American citizens abused, illegals or welcomed and given a cell phone and asked where do they want to live. Now do you understand? 
I'm Sebastian Gorka. We've only just begun. This is America First. Is Elon really stepping down? Witch Hunt Committee just do 30 minutes ago. Stay with us for so much more. Don't forget, you'll never miss a moment. If you subscribe, go to Spotify, plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka. Leave us a five-star review, share the links, and then check out all our Yuletide specials at sebgorkastore.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A store.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.